Threes up the third day of the work week, the third and final hour here of this Wednesday edition of the morning after. You're listening on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. In this happy hour, what makes it so joyful is the fact that we have three great guests on the horizon. Brady Tinker joins us next to talk about the Dallas Cowboys off of a bye week in a big Sunday night football game on the road in the Twin Cities against the Minnesota Vikings. Then we have NHL.com's Pete Jensen for a little puck talk with what's going on on the ice. And then Drew Martin Betts joins us to round out this third and final happy hour to talk a little college football, maybe look at game number two of the World Series tonight between the Houston Astros and Atlanta Braves as well. The first segment of this third hour is dedicated to our West Coast wake up, looking back on what happened in the West Coast action last night. And we're focusing on the hardwood right now, nearly two weeks in to the NBA season, or at least the second week starting as of last night. The LA Lakers on the road against the San Antonio Spurs. The Los Angeles Lakers in their first road game of the year get their second win of the season. The Lakers winning their second straight game, knocking off the San Antonio Spurs in overtime by a final score of 125-121. The Lakers using a 29-point fourth quarter to come back in regulation to force that extra session. And no LeBron James last night, but Anthony Davis, a huge game high, 35 points and 17 boards for the Lakers. And then it was Russell Westbrook stepping up for his new team in the Lake Show, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists last night for the L.A. Lakers. So the first road game of the year, the first road win for L.A. Three of the four games for the Lakers, it should be noted so far this year, have hit the over. The reason that is noteworthy is because the Lakers had the highest under percentage in the NBA a season ago. So three of the first four games for the Lakers hitting the over so far on this young NBA season. Despite the win last night, the Lakers just 1-3 against the spread so far this year. 0-3 as the favorite against the number, the San Antonio Spurs, 2-2 two and two against the spread so far this year. So the Lakers getting the win last night in San Antonio in overtime, 125-121 without LeBron James on the floor, but LeBron coaching it up from the sidelines in a game-high 35 points from Anthony Davis, added 33 from Russell Westbrook for the Lake Show as well. As we look across the Los Angeles slate for basketball. The Clippers in action at home tonight in Staples Center, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs continuing this West Coast road trip in Denver a couple of nights ago. The Cavs not only covered as an underdog on the spread, they won outright against the Denver Nuggets a couple of nights ago. Tonight, the Cavs getting eight points as things stand on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The LA Clippers, an eight-point favorite at home tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That over-under total, 220 for this matchup between the Clips and the Cavs. It was two nights ago in L.A., in Staples Center. The Clips won their first game of the year against the Portland Trailblazers, so they are 1-2 and two straight up, but 2-1 and one against the spread. The Cleveland Caval Cavaliers, meanwhile, 2-2 two and two against the number, covering by nearly 6.5 points per game. That over-under total of 220. Again, things to know about the L.A. Clippers before you dive in in the marketplace with them. You might be thinking, oh, Kawhi Leonard got injured at the end of last year. Is he coming back anytime soon? Probably not. I would not be surprised if Kawhi Leonard does not play the entirety of this regular season. That was the diagnosis that Dr. David Chow gave to us during the playoffs this past year. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here, the third and final hour, happy hour of the morning after. You are listening on Sirius XM, channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. 
I'm your host, Ben Stevens. This is our West Coast Wake Up, looking out some Los Angeles basketball. The Lakers, a win last night in San Antonio in overtime. The Clippers at home tonight, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers, laying eight points as the home favorites inside Staples Center. The over-under total is 220. Another intriguing game out on the West Coast tonight, up in the Pacific Northwest in the Rose City. The Trailblazers, also just one and two so far this year, laying two and a half against the Memphis Grizzlies, who are two and one straight up, but one of three remaining unbeaten teams against the spread. Memphis, a perfect three and zero against the number so far this year. The Lakers also in action on back-to-back nights against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Lakers laying seven and a half on the road against OKC, a Thunder team that has struggled mightily to begin this year. The Golden State Warriors, after a win last night, a perfect four and zero to begin this NBA campaign. Their best start. Since the 2015-2016 season, they went 73-9 and that year in the regular season. It was also the year they blew the 3-1 lead against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals, spurring all the 3-1 memes you could ever think of across the internet marketplace, otherwise known as Twitter. So that's how things look on the West Coast right now from an NBA perspective here in our West Coast wake-up. Again, the Clippers laying eight points tonight at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Portland Trailblazers laying two and a half at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Suns taking on the Sacramento Kings. So many options for you on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now to bet the NBA in this early season outcome. There is so much happening in the sports calendar right now. The NBA in action, NHL games on the ice. We will preview later in this hour with NHL.com's Pete Jensen. The World Series, game number two. Drew Martin joins us to do that. Later on in this third hour to round out the show, the Astros and the Braves once again in Houston tonight. And, of course, NFL football. Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. Both teams fresh off a bye. The Cowboys trying to hold on to that perfect unbeaten record against the spread this year. We'll find out if they can do just that with Brady Tinker on the other side of the break. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy hour right here on the morning after rolls on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network. I'm your host Ben Stevens and we are joined right now as we are every Wednesday during happy hour by Brady Tinker the host of a Cowboy Life podcast. He has been covering the Dallas Cowboys for a very long time and he brings that insight to us here on the morning after Brady a good morning to you the Dallas Cowboys feeling pretty good about themselves as well fresh off a bye week. A big matchup awaits on Sunday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. Before we get into the breakdown of that game for Dallas, how is the feeling around the star right now for the Cowboys coming off of that bye week? It's excellent. Um, there's really no worry about Dak's calf. Let's start there. Uh, my feeling is that this is akin, more akin to a cramp that happened in that calf that sort of scared them a little bit and tweaked him, but his body language all along, and they've given him most of that. They gave him most of last week off. Uh, has been tremendous, so he's going to play. How they feel about themselves, they feel great. 
I don't think they're going to do anything in the trade deadline because they don't have to. They're getting back uh, Michael Gallup, Lael Collins, a Tank Lawrence all within the next week or two, and four, four or five other people, Dorrance Armstrong, Neville Gallimore. Those will be their trade additions, if you will, that will give this team a boost at the trade deadline. They're not giving away any capital, especially in the form of draft picks, to add anything at this point. They don't need to. So, Brady, the Cowboys 5-1 and one straight up after the bye week. The last remaining unbeaten team against the spread so far this year, a perfect 6-0, and oh, are the Dallas Cowboys. They will put that up to test on the road this weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, if the Dallas Cowboys are 6-0 and oh straight up, they are 6-0 and oh against the spread, rather, they would be a perfect record against the spread as a favorite this year in which they find themselves against Minnesota on Sunday. Dallas is 4-0 against the spread as the favorite, and they will be a road favorite in Minnesota on Sunday night. Brady, the spread has worked in Dallas's favor. It opened at one in favor of the Cowboys. Now two and a half is the line in Dallas's favor against the Minnesota Vikings on the road this Sunday night. Do you think the Cowboys can keep it rolling after the bye week and keep that record against the spread perfect? I do. Um, I think this is going to be close. This one, you know, you, it, you sort of wait for a correction. Uh, and, and Minnesota's offense is dangerous, especially with that running back. Um, but there's almost due factors. Kirk Cousins has thrown t- 13 touchdowns, two winners. Doesn't even say that out. With Diggs coming to town, almost upper, uh, Looks like we're having a few technical difficulties with Brady Tinker. Hopefully, we get him back for some more insight and expertise on the Dallas Cowboys. But as Brady was alluding to, you look at this matchup again. The Cowboys laying two and a half on the road as the favorites the minnesota vikings this year three and three straight up three and three against the spread a perfect 2-0 ats when booked as underdogs this year so you have a battle of two unbeatens at least in relative terms when it comes to numbers against the spread the cowboys 6-0 ats 4-0 ats when booked as a favorite the minnesota vikings 2-0 ats when booked as an underdog this year at home in prime time we discussed this game early on in the show as well being around that key number of three around that key number of a field goal this one the hook is under that key number obviously the sharpest people will often tell you that when you're around that key number of three depending on what side you want to bet on this is your moment to jump in if you want to take the dallas cowboys because you are getting the better of that number of three the hook is in your favor here only at two and a half with the Dallas Cowboys. If this line continues to move, as it has throughout the week, we saw it open in the Cowboys' favorite one, get up to two and a half now. If it keeps working in Dallas's favor, by the time we get to Sunday night, a very public team with a standalone game in prime time, you might be missing the better edge of that number if it works two, three, and then potentially even past that key number of three. So the Dallas Cowboys, five and one straight up. They are a strong, strong favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the NFC East. Pulling up those numbers here, the Dallas Cowboys are a minus one, uh, minus 1,100 favorite to win the NFC East on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Those are the second longest odds of any team to win any division in the NFL on FanDuel right now. Only the Buffalo Bills at minus 1,450 to win the AFC East have longer odds then do the Dallas Cowboys. They are a strong favorite to make the postseason. So what I was going to ask Brady, I think those technical difficulties still unfortunately are going on right now for Brady. 
There is a market when you look at the season specials on the FanDuel Sportsbook where the Dallas Cowboys have the fifth shortest odds to have the best regular season record in the NFL. The Cowboys plus 900 in that market. The Arizona Cardinals plus 350. The favorites right now, and rightfully so, the only remaining unbeaten team straight up in the NFL at 7-0. At plus 350 is the favorites. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 400. The Buffalo Bills plus 500. The Rams also 5-1. The Dallas Cowboys 9-1. And then you see the Green Bay Packers at 11-1. So as you compare that market to the markets of the team win totals, let's not forget The Dallas Cowboys are minus 1,100 right now to win the NFC East. What does that tell us, not just about the Dallas Cowboys, but the rest of that division? It's a weak division, and we know that. The New York Giants have mightily struggled this year, as has the Washington football team, as has the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you look at the Cowboys team win total of 11.5, the over even has the juice of that team win total of 11.5 at minus 145. So I believe Brady Tinker is back with us. Brady, we were dissecting that game on Sunday night football between the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. Cowboys, again, a two and a half point favorite. You were breaking down that game. How do you approach this matchup for the Cowboys and the Vikings? Well, there's a little correction factor coming for Kirk Cousins on 13 touchdowns and two INTs, which plays to the Cowboys turning people over. The Cowboys also have 10 new players on their front seven, five that they drafted and five that they brought in to slow down the run. They did okay slowing down Dalvin Cook last year, and it will be a major point of emphasis as they think they'll be able to change things up enough in the secondary to confuse Cousins. But this is a high-scoring game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Both teams have had a bye week, and the Minnesota head coach uh, has a history here, so he'll be ready. Yeah, Brady, you look at that over-under total. It's at 55. It is currently the highest total across the entire week number eight slate in the National Football League. The Dallas Cowboys have the highest over percentage in the NFL, hitting the over in five of their six games so far this year. Do you think that over is in danger on Sunday night in the Twin Cities? No, I think I'm going to take the over. I mean, we said two or three weeks ago, the Cowboys games are all stuck on the over until further notice. And I don't think a bye week uh, with uh, some players coming back uh, will slow things down. I think Minnesota's going to get some points. The Cowboys defense still is a work in progress. But the Cowboys will cover and the over will hit. Looking at a couple of those other picks on your card for this week number eight NFL slate. The Detroit Lions getting three and a half at home. The last remaining unbeaten team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, also getting three and a half points. Why are you riding with the underdogs this weekend? You know, it just feels like Detroit and Philadelphia are going in opposite directions. Detroit doesn't want any games, but everyone's behind their head coach and what it is they're trying to do. In Philadelphia, Sirianni, everybody wants to know what the hell he's doing. And now they're at home and they're getting three and a half points. They'll pull out the stops here. Uh, And the Lions are going to be able to run the football, which is what they've always wanted to do. Philadelphia's 24th against the run. I just think this is a prime setup, especially getting three and a half points at home. This is where Detroit gets win number one. And then the Jacksonville's travel to Seattle. And I think Seattle's defense is ranked 23rd or 24th. Jacksonville is playing better. And there's a chance if there's a chance for a win streak for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's this week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw seven picks in his first three games. He's only thrown one in his last three games. The Jaguars are ready to go and at least cover this game. But I got the Jaguars with a two-game winning streak when this one's over. Now, I think they're only about a 30% favorite to win. So have fun with this, uh, but, but approach it with caution. 
maybe a few sprinkles on the money lines, not only for the Jacksonville Jaguars, plus 144, but the Detroit Lions to get their first win of the year, plus 158 at home on the money line against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Lions winless, but four and three against the spread. Brady Tinker, sorry about those technical difficulties, but great to have you here on the morning after. See you next week, Ben. We'll talk very, very soon. The Cowboys, a big game on Sunday night football. Two and a half point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings. More of the morning after coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I'm Ben Stevens, and now very pleased to welcome on to this Wednesday edition of TMA, NHL.com's Pete Jensen. He also hosts the Fantasy on Ice podcast, keeping you up to date with everything you need to know from a player perspective all across the National Hockey League. Pete, great to have you on the show on this Wednesday morning. There's a couple of teams in action on this Wednesday night that are still a perfect unbeaten so far this year including the Florida Panthers at home against the Boston Bruins tonight. The Panthers, a minus 142 favorite in this game against Boston. How impressed have you been by what Florida has done so far this season? Well, they're living up to my expectations so far because we thought that they would be one of the top five cup contenders. They sure appear to be. Their goalie tandem of Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight appears to be one of the best, if not the single best goalie tandem in the league so far. Of course, they're unbeaten. Uh, one of four teams this late in the season, five plus games. It's the first time that's ever happened. So you got Florida, St. Louis, Carolina and Edmonton. But the Florida Panthers are as deep, if not deeper than anybody else across the entire league. They even have a player of Sam Reinhardt's caliber playing on their third line, which really uh, puts it into perspective how loaded this team is. And when you look across the league, I know it's very early, but teams like Tampa, teams like Colorado and Vegas, the other juggernauts appear to be having some depth issues, especially with injuries and things like that going on in those lineups. So that bodes well, the depth I'm talking about for Florida, not only in the short term to keep this going maybe against the Boston Bruins, but more more importantly, long haul when you're talking about their chances of competing for the Stanley Cup down the road. The Panthers, a perfect 6-0-0 to begin this NHL season. One of those other teams you mentioned that still remains undefeated, the Edmonton Oilers also in action tonight, hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. The Oilers, minus 190, is a pretty staunch favorite on that money line. Pete, what stands out to me is the over-under total of seven goals for this game between the Flyers and the Oilers. Can we expect offense tonight out in Edmonton? Yeah, I think the only chance that Philly has of competing in this game, maybe not even winning it, but the only chance they have is to, you know, get kick it up a notch offensively because I don't trust Carter Hart on the road against McDavid and Dreisaitl and Puglia Yarvi and Nugent Hopkins and, and all these guys, Zach Hyman, Darnell Nurse. I mean, these guys have been outstanding offensively for the Edmonton Oilers. So 
Philly has some sneaky depth as well. I really like what their second line is doing despite the injury to Kevin Hayes so far. It's been the veteran journeyman, Derek Brassard centering Cam Atkinson and Joel Farabee, who's only 21 and lighting the world on fire right now, playing really well. So don't count out Philly's chances of hanging around in this game. That said, it could be a very ugly night for the goaltenders in this one, especially if McDavid goes off for four-plus points and Drysaddle along for the ride. And uh, all those guys I mentioned earlier have been loaded so far. So, yeah, definitely expecting a high-octane affair between these two teams tonight. So, Pete, both Florida and Edmonton, like you mentioned, unbeaten so far this year. Now Florida, the second-shortest odds to win the Stanley Cup on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 850. The Edmonton Oilers, 14-1, to the sixth-shortest odds. How sustainable do you think this success is for both of these teams? I think that the, you know, the Oilers have a chance to do really well in that Pacific division. They might even be, they might even be able to win the division if we're talking about Pacioretty and Stone being out week to week. You don't know how much time those guys are going to miss. Really impressive display finally on Tuesday with the Golden Knights knocking off the Avalanche uh, despite all those losses uh, in their lineup. So I was impressed by that. I think Robin Leonard has been impressive. 914 save percentage, um, even with uh, all those guys missing in the lineup. But yeah, back to Edmonton. I think they are they've closed the gap with Vegas. Uh, not necessarily Vegas's fault, but they'll be in the running to win that Pacific Division. And then for Florida, yeah, I mean, with no Nikita Kucherov, he's out indefinitely. Um, I mean, you definitely can look at a team like the Carolina Hurricanes in the East as being another contender for the President's Trophy with how well things have gone. But they're not in the same division anymore like they were last year. So you look at the Florida Panthers kind of being that like head and shoulders favorite right now to win the Atlantic Division. And with how close they came last year to being in the President's Trophy running, even without Aaron Ekblad, Uh, They're going to put their best foot forward here and I think try to get home ice for as much as they can, as much as they can control right before the playoffs begin down the road. Pete Jensen from NHL.com, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast, joining us here on the morning after looking at the Wednesday slate in the NHL. And Pete, not quite undefeated are the Washington Capitals, but still 10 good points to show for it so far in the early going of this NHL season. They host the Detroit Red Wings tonight in the nation's capital, Washington laying 220 on that money line is a heavy home favorite. How do you approach that matchup? And what have you made of both sides in this early going of this NHL campaign? You definitely can't count out the Detroit Red Wings. I think there's going to be some motivation in this game on both sides because it's the first time that Anthony Mantha is going to be playing against his former team since that trade. Unfortunately for Detroit, You have uh, Jacob Vrana, who came the other way in that trade that was playing really well last year. He's not playing for a few months now. He's out long term. So, But Detroit's still that loaded top line. I wouldn't count them out. I mean, Washington just played a 7-5 game the other day against the Ottawa Senators. And I think that the Red Wings are a similar sneaky team. Tyler Bertuzzi on the left side. Dylan Larkin is healthy on the top line with Bertuzzi and rookie Lucas Raymond. Um, who had a four-point game the other day for Detroit. So these guys can score with the best of them. 
They played a 7-6 loss in overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning earlier in the year. I do like the chances for the Washington Capitals to win the game because Vitek Vanacek is starting over the more inconsistent Ilya Samsonov. But don't be surprised if there are a bunch of goals in this game because Detroit, although they're top-heavy, can score with the best of them so far this year. Yeah, that over-under for the game between Detroit and Washington tonight is at 6.5. The over plus money, even money, I should say, at plus 100. So, Pete, on the other side of things, two teams that are struggling a little bit early on this NHL season, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks. They meet up tonight in Chicago. The Maple Leafs, the road favorite right now. It's tough to say in the early going of a season how important a game might be, but what does a win do for either of these two teams tonight? I mean, I think the Chicago Blackhawks are definitely facing some pressure right now with everything going on uh, in the organization and then also on the ice. Um, on the ice, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't have a win yet, uh, which is disappointing. Seth Jones has been on the ice for a ton of goals against, um, not that many goals for, although he has a couple of assists. But it's just been a disappointing start. And I don't even blame those two guys individually because the supporting cast around them is uh, really barren right now. You have not only is the roster flawed in the scoring depth, like third and fourth lines and second and third defense pairs, but now you have guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves on the COVID protocol list. So, I mean, this is an opportunity for Toronto to bounce back after a couple of lopsided losses past couple of days to teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is inexplicable that they lost seven to one to Pittsburgh without yeah. Crosby, without Malkin, without Latang, without Jeff Carter. So I think that it's a chance for Toronto to redeem themselves. But whoever loses this game, um, definitely uh, the coach and the players are going to be facing a lot of questions afterwards and the morning after. Toronto has lost four straight games. The Blackhawks have lost every game to begin this season. One of those was in OT, so they do have a single point registered, but not a great start. So, Pete, we talked about Florida being a perfect 6-0-0 right now, but right below them in the Atlantic, the Buffalo Sabres. How are the Sabres doing this, Pete? Uh, that's another head scratcher so far. I mean, Craig Anderson, uh, we thought last year that he uh, might be playing some of the final games of his career when he got that surprising nod in the playoffs for the Capitals fared well. I guess he doesn't think he's done here because he took a job for a non-contending team in the Sabres and he's been playing, uh, you know, really, really well so far. So um, I I've been shocked by that. Uh, Victor Olofsson has been a big stud for them. It's just been shocking most, mostly because Jack Eichel, there's still all that turmoil. He's not playing. He hasn't been traded. He's not healthy. He has the neck injury. And also Casey Middlestat uh, was injured in the opener, and he's out week to week. So it's definitely you know a testament to Don Granado getting all four lines working well. Uh, they're playing for their coach. They're playing for all the people like us at NHL.com slash fantasy that projected them for fewer than 20 wins this year. And, uh, <laughs> you know, bulletin board material, right? They've been uh, one of the biggest surprises in all of the NHL so far to start the year. The Sabres, nine points so far this season. Quickly here, Pete, only about 30 seconds left. What's coming up on the Fantasy on Ice podcast? Sure. So we dropped our episode earlier in the week. We do Monday and Thursday. Monday is like 
best waiver wire pickups and general storylines. And then Thursday, we answer a bunch of a bunch of fan questions. Hit us up at NHL Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram and myself and Rob Reese, NHL Jensen and NHL Reese. And we'll answer your fantasy questions. We throw in some betting analysis and trends like we talk about here along the way and uh, some DFS stuff as well. So Mondays and Thursdays, NHL Fantasy on Ice. Thanks again. Love it, Pete. From NHL.com, Pete Jensen and the host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Thank you so much for joining the morning after. We will talk very soon about the action on the ice. Coming up, more of the morning after. Drew Martin Betts joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204, all across the SportsGrid network. Happy hour right here, and we ended off with one of the best guests that we have on the program. From all across the SportsGrid network, he is the man we call DMB. No, not Dave Matthews Band, although I think this might even be better. It is Drew Martin Betts. Drew joining us to talk a little bit of the World Series, some college football games to keep an eye on for this upcoming Week 9 slate. Drew, a pleasure to have you here on a Wednesday edition of the Morning After, as always. Absolutely. Big Ten, Ben, Ben Stevens. You know, one of, if not the best hosts on the network. You're talking about me as a good wow. guest, man. Throwing it back to you. You know your stuff, not only in the Big Ten, on the diamond, all over the gridiron, man. And uh, happy Wednesday morning to you, buddy. Thanks for having me on. As you know, all of your stuff as well. Drew came on in the summer months. The focus was always baseball. As we transitioned to the college football season, we talked a little bit more CFB, but he knows his baseball, especially October baseball. In game number two of the Fall Classic in the World Series tonight between the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. The Braves winning game one yesterday. Still a slight underdog for game number two tonight against the Houston Astros. We have seen incremental line movement on this game, Drew, throughout the morning. When I saw it earlier, it was Houston minus 116. Then it dropped to Houston minus 112. Now currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, it's the Astros minus 120 with the Braves plus 102 as the underdogs in Houston for game number two tonight. How do you approach this matchup for game number two of the World Series? Sure, Big Ten, Ben. You know, it's... it's... It's one where I come in, I'm, I already have a futures ticket on the Astros. And coming into this series with uh, big game Charlie on the hill for the Braves game one, I actually laid off of the Astros, betting them just in game one. Sure enough, um, the Braves look good. They, they get their, their bats going early. They get out to the lead. They're able to hold it. Now, coming into game two here, this was when I was really thinking the advantage would start to come on the Strohs. And sure enough, the market right now is is not, I guess, seeing it the same that I'm seeing it, just at minus 115 now. Keep in mind, this is an American League team at home 
meaning the American League rules here with the DH, I think that really favors the Astros. You know, sure enough, in game one, it didn't go their way. But now going up against the Braves, where their best players out, you know, Kuna, and I'd say two of their top three players with Ozuna out from earlier in the year, I don't think that they really translate all that great to filling the DH like the Astros can. And keep in mind, Ben, this is the number one hitting team in baseball, not only against lefties, against righties as well. So number one against lefties, number one against righties. They're seeing now a lefty in Max Freed. I think minus 115 here, minus 116 at the FanDuel Sportsbook is cheap on the Strohs. I would also look to jump in on, on a series price as well. I think they have the better bullpen overall. So getting the American League team for tonight at home at just a minus 115 price tag. This is pretty close to a pick em here, Ben. I like the I like the Astros tonight at home. The Astros were the favorite entering the World Series on that series price at minus 150 after the loss in game number one at home. They are now the underdogs at plus 135. So again, I think there is value once again on the Houston Astros. So we break down that pitching matchup even a little bit further here. Max Fried, a lefty, was phenomenal in the final two months of this MLB regular season. A 1-3 ERA in the month of August, a 1-5 ERA in the month of of September. Max Fried was phenomenal. On the other side, Jose Urquidy going for the Houston Astros. Only one appearance so far in the postseason. It was not great against the Boston Red Sox. You mentioned how good Houston is at hitting against lefties. Do you still think Houston has the pitching advantage tonight in the Game 2 matchup? Overall pitching matchup? Um, yeah, I do actually, Ben, because I think that they're later innings. And as we've seen throughout the playoffs, the bullpen becomes ever important. In starting pitcher, yes, if Max Freed's able to rattle off seven innings, you know, one earned, then it's one of those things you got to kind of tip your cap, take the loss. Um, not that it yeah. would be a for sure loss, but still, I, I don't see that happening against this Houston Astros lineup, especially two nights in a row. Um, so to your to your question in terms of if I'm just answering it starting pitching, no, I would probably give the nod to Max Freed. But overall pitching for tonight, we've seen the, the quick hooks on both sides, really. I mean, and talking about the series price, you know, jumping in on the Astros at actually a plus price now, down one game. So they pretty much lose the home field advantage the rest of the way. With Charlie Morton out, the Braves' best pitcher with that, uh, you know, kind of freak, I guess, injury just in game one, I actually think that's even more of an advantage on the Astros to jump in on the series price. But even for tonight at uh, what the minus 116 price tag. Yeah, uh, even though the, the the Braves have the starting pitching edge tonight, who knows how that, how long that's going to last, Ben. So uh, I would still point towards the Astros. Yeah. And I think that's a great point in postseason baseball, especially here in the World Series. It's not often guys go six, seven, eight innings, even if they are pitching well. There's a very short hook when it comes to playoff baseball. Max Freed, when he started the final two months of this season, he won all seven or did not lose a start the final two months. And Atlanta was 10-1 and one in the 11 starts Max Freed made. But this is the postseason. He gave up five earned runs in his most recent start to the L.A. Dodgers. The second time he saw L.A. in the NLCS, Jose Urquidy, an inning and two-thirds against the Boston Red Sox, got roughed up but maybe a better start at home tonight for the Houston Astros. Drew, one final point about this World Series game number two tonight. The over-under total is eight and a half, and the over has the juice. If you think Houston wins this game, does the total go over as well in a correlated thought? 
Yeah, I, I I really think so, Ben. I If you made me bet this total, I would be on the over eight and a half. Again, the DH in play. Uh, both of these lineups uh, are really hot. You know, the Braves didn't make it to the World Series by not uh, seeing the ball very, very well in the month of uh, October and uh, late September here. So overall, I think both of these lineups, you know, very, very good. And seeing the ball well to, to be able to get here. Yeah, I would point towards the over. Actually, Ben, given the Braves or the Astros winning, but even more so the Astros, to your point. Yeah, Atlanta scored six last night. The over-under total was eight and a half. You would think if that was the case, it probably pushes over, but the Astros only scored two, falls under by the hook. I still think both offenses can light it up in an American League ballpark tonight in game number two of the World Series. So that is October baseball, the final week of October, also huge in the conference races across college football a great conference game in the sec this weekend not just between georgia and florida that we'll discuss later on but drew's alma mater war eagle the <laughs> auburn tigers hosting Ole miss auburn drew a two and a half point favorite against the running reds which to me is an intriguing line what do you make of auburn being a home favorite at jordan Hare against Ole miss Yeah, Ben, I mean, you say intriguing line, you know, sometimes you got to say, hey, where is the market pointing us towards? And when when a lot of people out there probably looked at Ole Miss versus Auburn, you would have thought Ole Miss would be the favorite. But now the market's telling us Auburn is the favorite by two and a half, like you're kind of pointing here towards Ben. And a lot of the reasons why I actually jumped on this uh, Sunday night off the openers, Ben. Auburn minus one. Sure enough, we've seen it tick up to two and a half, even three at some shops. Auburn's won five straight in this series, Ben. They're four and one against the spread. They've kind of owned Old Miss of late. Auburn, you know, in terms of the schedule setup in SEC conference play, this is really favoring the Auburn Tigers off of a bye. Um, and whereas Old Miss got their bye, a very early bye, now they've been at, at Alabama, Arkansas, at Tennessee, LSU, and now playing Auburn in Jordan-Hare on a Saturday night. This does not set up well for the Rebels at all. And, you know, normally looking at Auburn off of a bye week, we had Gus Malzahn before in the previous administration, very, very good off of a bye. That was a huge moneymaker, betting War Eagle off of their bye week. Well, I went back and looked at Brian Harson and his administration at Boise State. Sure enough, 10-2 and two off the bye. So whatever they've been doing there mm. in Boise has been working. I would look for that to translate here. Sure enough, I mean, looking at the old Miss side, yes, you have the better quarterback in Matt Corral. Outside of that, Auburn, that defensive line, the linebacker situation, a lot better than Ole Miss's, in my opinion, plus Mingo out at the wide receiver position for Ole Miss. So overall coaching, I'm not going to say Brian Harson's better than Lane Kiffin. I, I would actually probably give the nod to Lane Kiffin. But with Brian Harson off of a bye week, plus all the things that we just talked about, Ben, I think Auburn's the side here, and I think Auburn wins by more than a field goal. And the market has certainly agreed with you from an opener of one now at two and a half in favor of the Auburn Tigers. I am intrigued also by the total for this game. The over under is 65 and a half, which is a very small number for any game that Ole Miss plays in. But given that Auburn is a pretty good defense, given that Ole Miss has played such a strong stretch and that their quarterback, Matt Corral, might be a little bit banged up. I'm not sure that over is necessarily in play even on Saturday night, which again could work in Auburn's favor if Matt Corral is not fully healthy. He did not look to be 100% even in the wind against LSU a Saturday ago. So that a great matchup in the SEC West. In the SEC East, 
It's a cocktail party in Jacksonville, Georgia and Florida. And Drew, the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, laying another big spread, 14 and a half points in favor of the dogs against the Gators. How does Florida try to pull off maybe not the upset, but at least cover that big margin? Sure, and uh, I know that they don't like us to call it that, but it is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. It's a properly named event. I love calling it that. I want to run with that. I apologize to the presidents of both the University of Florida and the University of Georgia that are trying to change this, but no, it's just too good of a name. World's largest outdoor cocktail party, Jacksonville, Florida. You know, looking at this line here, Ben, it's it's tough not to think the Bulldogs. It really is. I mean, Georgia, they've just been smashing everybody. I know Kentucky stayed within the number, but really, first of all, it was through the back door. Not that that's a bad beat. You know, bad beats and backdoor covers are two different things. Sure enough, you got to tip your cap if you bet Kentucky. I think it was the right side with Mark Stoops coming through the back door, even though it was. It wasn't a really competitive game. This is a different number. If you're going to stay within two touchdowns, of the Georgia Bulldogs, you're going to have to be competitive in my thinking, especially because Florida doesn't have the down put the downfield passing game that Kentucky did. And when we've really seen this Georgia Bulldogs defense, you know, they're littered with NFL talent on the defensive line at the linebacker position here, Ben. And they really just kind of do their work against quarterbacks that can make plays with their feet. I think Florida's going to have a really tough time moving the football. I look to Georgia. I know it's always tough in big games in the SEC or the Big Ten, you know, these big conferences to be laying big numbers more than two touchdowns. But I do think Georgia wins going away however i have pumped the brakes i'm betting this one big personally just because hey florida has a pretty good defense too they're both off of buys so you know florida's going to try to steal a possession maybe a fake punt something of that nature and uh who knows what can happen under dan mullen off of a buy i think it's very very important to know who dan mullen is going to play the majority of the time at the quarterback position if it's anthony richardson who is tailor-made for dan mullen's offense then I think Florida has a shot of staying within this over two touchdown spread. If he relies on Emory Jones as he has all year long because Emory is his guy, then I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Florida to cover that number. Drew Martin, will you be there in Jacksonville on Saturday? Only about 30 seconds left. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be making the cocktail party this year, Ben. I uh, got a lot of football to keep up with, college basketball to prepare for. So uh, now I'm going to miss this one, Ben, but I hope you enjoy the weekend, buddy. Best of luck with your bets, man. I certainly will. That's a man who studies so he can give you this great knowledge here on the morning after. <laughs> Drew Martin Betts, DMB, as we call him. Drew, as always, thank you very, very much for your time. And listen, on the morning after, we're going to keep calling it the world's largest outdoor cocktail yes. party. That's what it is in Jacksonville since 1933. More of the morning after and our best bets on the other side of the break. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
Welcome back for one final segment on this Wednesday here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. I have been your host, Ben Stevens. One final segment, which means it is time for our best bets. As we say farewell, as we say goodbye, we also say bye-bye-bye. By a word so nice, we say it thrice. That means three times because we feel confident about these picks. I'm going to the NBA hardwood for my best bet of this evening. Yes, there's World Series game number two. And although I like the plus money price on the Atlanta Braves right now, I think motivation for Houston to win in game number two might be too strong to allow me to feel strongly about the side for the Atlanta Braves. So we go to the NBA, late night action out on the West Coast, up in Portland. The Trailblazers hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. The Blazers laying two and a half points. But Memphis is one of three teams remaining in the NBA so far in this early going that is unbeaten against the spread. One of just three teams remaining unbeaten ATS. Memphis, 3-0, a perfect record ATS this year, although 2-1 straight up, 3-0 ATS. Meanwhile, Portland, 1-2 straight up, 1-2 against the number. The Memphis Grizzlies have been a very good-looking team so far in this early going of the NBA season. Not only are they a perfect 3-0 against the number, they are also the league's most efficient offense up until this point. It's the reason why Memphis is the only team remaining in the NBA that has played every single one of their games so far to the over. The over-under total tonight against the Blazers, 234 and a hook. A little bit too steep for my blood, so we take the Grizzlies on the spread getting two and a half points against the Portland Trail Blazers tonight. That does it for this Wednesday edition of the morning after. Do not fear. We will be back on your Thursday. Thursday night football, the Packers and the Cardinals, a recap of game two of the World Series. So much going on in the sports calendar in this late part of October. We will talk about it all tomorrow here on the morning after on Sports Grid. 9 a.m. to noon each and every weekday with me, Ben Stevens. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like 